it's like a good thing because now the boys can make the Mother's Day projects at school. And, and that's like, I mean, I'm not a big gift person. Um, I always, I like things that come, that have meaning behind it. And uh, so I'm glad that they're able to make stuff at school for them. But they want to do a few more little projects for her. So we got to do that this morning. Well, and they're still young enough that more projects for them means more work for you most of the time. Yeah, yes. Morning, Daryl. How are you doing? Morning. Oh, <laughs> just wonderful, man. You look you look puzzled. Oh, God. I want to be able to see all you guys at the same time. I've got my good computers not working. I'm so computered out that I, there I go. I just can't, I just can't stand it. I can't stand it. Passwords. No, it's like everything. It's just like I've had it. I've like had it. And, and it's like in school, it's miserable. It is miserable. I, I can't stand it, Matt. I mean, it's different for you. You get to run around. We yeah. sit there. Yeah. I uh, I decided about a month ago to that I was going to change every password I had to one thing, but you can't even do that because some of them need a special character. Some of them don't allow special yeah. characters. Right. It's driving me nuts. If I didn't have the thing on my laptop where it remembered all my passwords, I would be so screwed. So I, I've got, yeah, I mean, I sort of have that, but Leah, my daughter, she's really hip. And so she's got last pass. But I can't figure out how to use it. I have not a clue. But you know what so, I do? I have, I, on my, and if I ever lose my iPhone or my um, iPad, I'd be in trouble. But I, I use the notes part of, um, like, and my put them in there. And I put all, I have all my different websites, logins, and, and username, uh, passwords there. And then I'm thinking, you're like, well, what are you going to do? If you steal my password, you're going to pay my mortgage for me? Like, right, like, right. Like, you know, like, look at me. This is what I do. I keep wanna, them in You want to pay my student loans for me? Yeah, go for right. it. Like, you know, so, so this is my, this is how I keep my passwords. <laughs> I, you guys, you guys have a system. I just reset them all the time. <laughs> oh, forgot password, forgot password. Okay, okay. The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original host of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other host, guest, or programs on this station. And so welcome. Uh, this is Big D uh, calling in from calling in. Actually, I'm in the studio in Western Mass. Uh, Matt also is in Western Mass. Good morning, everyone. Uh, happy early Mother's Day, too, to all uh, you wonderful mothers out there, including my own and my wife. Happy Mother's Day. And then out there in the troubled, dangerous uh, city of Portland, in which I guess I don't, I, I think the police have all moved out of Portland, and, and I think it's anarchy. Um, have you been elected to uh, any Antifa office office yet? Um, I am the uh, the minister of discord is my <laughs> the minister um, of discord. No, it's really, and, and, you know, it's funny, like I, I, I go through this yeah, every couple of weeks. Somebody says, hey, how, how's how, how are you dealing with all the problems out there? I'm like, there's no problems. And I, you know, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait I'm, a minute. There's I'm, bombing. There's I'm, businesses being looted. There's yeah, rioting. Come yeah, on, there, man. Yeah, there been there been some windows broken. It's real. You know, it's nothing that doesn't happen in South Philly 360 times a day. <laughs> and it's just it, it's it's I it, it it's past the point of no return now. Like I can't convince people that it's otherwise. And I mean, part of it is that I really haven't left my house in the last year. But um, I, you know, I do get around the city enough. Like there's always errands to run, and I you know. But didn't you get vaccinated now? Or? I did. I got my second shot last Friday. Had no. Isn't it wonderful? Well, I'm not still. I'm still not into the two weeks, so it hasn't changed. Right, I know. Done yet, but but that was me, me that was my week. problem. Yeah, give too. me another week, and you know, I, I plan on taking a little camping trip at some point in the next few weeks, just to yeah. just to get out and kind of reset things. And it's finally starting to turn nice here too. But yeah, so the city is burning. Actually, there have been. Um, couple of shootings in my neighborhood close enough to where we could hear them, um, including one that was sounded like it was about a block away um, early in the week. So it may be time to move from this neighborhood, but it has nothing to do with <laughs> with anything, you know, political or anything happening, you know, anything started by any group. Put it this way. Put it that way. 
<laughs> right. So, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world in which facts are of increasingly less importance. However, and that's one of the things I like about sports is their actual things happen. And I just wanted to, I have the local paper, which has been cut back, but it's still there. The reason I'm mentioning it is because of the bizarre sports that are going on right now. So there's softball, there's lacrosse, um, there's high school baseball, there's track and field teams ready to go. So they're just like getting all the sports in at the kind of together. Well, there are some places that are still playing football that are have delayed. That's the right. Season. Well, it's, it's sort of finished up here, but you're right. So that was going on too. Yeah, it's interesting. We we have this happen in the pro sports world in the spring where the hockey and basketball playoffs are here. Baseball is being played it's usually right around the NFL draft. So everything's kind of happening at once. And, um, and then we get it again in the fall with the World Series ends and then hockey and basketball start and football's in full swing. So we're in one of those. It's sort of, like you said, Daryl, it's kind of extra concentrated because of all the, the school sports that have been shuffled. But I, this is the first time in a long time that I haven't been to a college basketball game. Oh my God. It's awful. It's you know, awful. In, in some capacity, either as a photographer or broadcaster or as a fan, but I, I can't remember the last time I didn't go to a sporting event. And actually the Blazers last night, they were the last NBA team to allow fans back in the arena. They had 2000 people there last night, but it was impossible. It makes a difference having fans in there. It makes a huge difference to the players, to the way the game sounds. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, um, with the uh, Astros playing in New York this past week, there was a lot of um, (laughs) uh, commentary around how the the fans at Yankee stadium were going to react to the Astros. Oh, I actually booed, right? They booed. Oh, but you know, so go ahead, Joe. You you were really excited about. Something. I actually want to talk about baseball. I want to talk about one play, and I forget who it was, but the Yankees had a runner on first, and the Astros had the shift on, so everybody was over. Like the third baseman was mm-hmm. a couple steps to the left of second base. Um, whoever was up hit a grounder just to the right of second base. The shortstop grabbed it, bobbled it, and whoever the runner was for the Yankees scored from first. Score on a ground ball because he right. got to second rounded second. The catcher was halfway up the line covering third. So when he got to third, he saw the catcher was kind of in no man's land and he had a full head of steam going, just kept going and, and scored yeah. pretty easily. It was, it was pretty remarkable. If you, if you hate the that's, shift, a Mookie, that's a Mookie Betts type of play. If you hate the shift, you would have loved that moment though. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. But you know, like, the Yankees, they, they are. We don't have to spend too much time talking about them. No, they're hot. They're winning like crazy. It, it, it's early in the year, and, and I don't want to put too much into the standings right now. It's early in the year. But, you know, it was, it was nice. I, I, I Many things I disliked about sports last year, I was really upset that the Astros didn't get uh, what they deserved from the fans. And I'm glad that they're getting it a little bit this year. And, you know, I want to – commend the the fans at Yankee stadium. They were relentless, but didn't cross the line. There were no, from what I've read, there were no fights, there were no brawls. Nobody threw anything dangerous onto the field. They were relentless, what they were yelling, you know, but they weren't, they didn't cross that line. And uh, so good on you, Yankee fans. You made me proud. And uh, were you listening to uh, the female announcer, Susan Waldman? Oh my yeah, God. and what, what's the guy's name that does the? Is he they're still the, there? Sterling, they're the worst. They are. They're, they, they, they are a disgrace. The to, they're a disgrace to broadcasting. Uh, right. And they've yeah, been doing it for a long time, far. right? I know, I know. Too long, way too long. I wouldn't go that far. I don't think they're a disgrace, but <laughs> oh come I, on, man! You know, no, the they, home run I calls. Yeah. I get it, and and honestly, they've they've kind of been working together for too long, anyway. Uh, you know, and, and what I used to back in high school, like about the John Sterling calls, you know, his home run calls kind of silly and goofy and, and, you know, but now he's just getting old and, and, you know, I, I, he had some health issues a few years back, but, um, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of really good announcers now. I mean, people that really know the game that speak truth to what's going on, you know, and it's kind of, it's interesting when you 
have good announcers, um, it really it is much more interesting. And and just the 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 reverse too. If you've got bad announcers, it really takes away from the game. The the and I don't know if you have this problem with the Celtics. Daryl, but the announcers for the NBC Sports Network here in Portland are just the worst homers to the point where it really kind of you don't you don't know what you're watching if you have to listen to them because everything that happens <laughs> you know, the, the Blazers have never made a mistake and never committed a foul. It's just it's 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 awful and it's hard to. So last night they were on ESPN and my DVR records both channels. And I started watching the NBC Sports. I'm like, why am I doing this? So I switched over to ESPN, who had Doris Burke, and I forget who the play-by-play guy is now. He's he's but, new. Yeah, but Doris Burke is really Doris good. Burke is brilliant. Yeah. I love yeah. listening to yeah. her. Yeah, and I just it just made me itch for for real announcers, and I got spoiled being in New York because you know baseball we had Rizzuto and Bill White and and all those guys, and then you know for for the Knicks, um, Clyde Frazier and Marv Albert were the regular. Yeah. MSG broadcasters when I was growing up. And then, you know, even after that, we had Mike Breen doing the games on the radio. Like they've had some, the most, the the best announcers are always coming out of New York. But so I'm curious, Daryl, are the Celtics cable home games that? So, so they have, they, they used to be absolutely um, awful to watch. So there's two guys did it forever. Mike Gorman, he's still doing it. He's the play by play. He's pretty vanilla. You know, he's, he is pretty straightforward in what the way he calls it. But for many years, it was Tommy Heinsohn was the right, right. sidekick. Oh, what a terrible call. Oh, there's, there's 15 fouls shots for the other team. And, and we've only got three. I mean, how, you know, it's just like every call was a bad call. And so he did die of old age. Um, and he, you know, he was very lovable in many ways, except it just was, Every call was a bad call against the Celtics. So now, though, they have this guy, Brian Scalabrini. He's really good. Oh, yeah. He's really good. Yeah, yeah he was a former Celtic, too, which, you know, yeah. with Heinsohn, you can sort of understand it. He came from a from a different era and was, you know, like Mr. Celtic. But, yeah, Scalabrini, he's he's good. He's a smart kid. He or I guess he's not a kid anymore. He's probably about 40, but – yeah, he, he always impressed me when he opened his mouth as a player. Yeah, no, he does really good. And there's one more uh, sort of announcer. I mean, it's it's for this TV show, this an afternoon talk show called The Jump, and it's Ramona Shelburne. Yeah, yeah. Is the she's brilliant, and the guests they get on there are just terrific. Um, you know, it's Matt Barnes a lot, and it's um, Steve. You know, it, uh, it's it's really good. Stephen Jackson sometimes too. Yeah. Are we unique in a sense that when we listen to a broadcast of our sports, we don't want the Homer view? Are we unique in that, or do you think the fan in general? Because I I agree with you guys. Like I I don't like listening to the Homer broadcast of. Again, I want it. I want it to be called. You know, if I'm listening on the radio or watching it on TV, give it to me straight. Be unbiased about it. I don't need the home review because that it's not going to change the outcome of the game at all. Um, are we unique in that? Well, I don't much? know, but I think that there is some improvement. Like, so take this about Brian Scalabrini guy. So he's he like at the beginning of the game, he said, "Well, this is what the Celtics have to do to win." So he's like. You know, they have to do this. They have to run. They have to pass the ball. You know, he, so he's, and then, but during the game, he, sometimes he call, he says that they're bad calls, you know, and the calls are tough really. And there are plenty of bad calls because basketball is now like soccer with this, you know, breathing on somebody and it sends them piling to the ground. Um, but he's, he's pretty uh, straightforward. He goes, you know, Hey, the, the Celt- that was a foul on the Celtics. They didn't call it, you know, so he, he's, it helps. And so I like that better. I like being truthful about what's going on. Well, a lot of these NBC sports networks are going out of business. A lot of these local. Really? Yeah. So I think, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I, I hope it does because I, I hate it. And that's why I think the NFL gives us the most compelling TV broadcasts because they have this, 
the stable of network announcers that aren't attached to a team. So they're, they have to learn about the league, but even, I don't know, these Blazers guys, they, they have like these stupid nicknames for all the players as if they're all best buddies, you know, and they don't, I just, it just, it bothers me. I, I, and I guess I'm, I'm old and traditional enough to need some formality about calling players by their last names and, and that sort of thing. But um, you know, again, I'm an old fart for 50. So. So let's just finish up the basketball a little bit. So the Celtics are just, they just don't have a full team out there at all. And so they're, they're going to probably slide, slide into the uh, having to play in this playoff thing, which is kind of interesting. Let's see. Eight, eight plays, seven plays, seven plays, eight, the winner moves on nine plays, 10, the losers out. The winner of that game plays the loser of seven and eight. Yeah. And then those, that's are, those are the new, those are the two, right. The last two teams. And I like it. Yeah. I think it, and, and, and you know what, honestly, I, I think when they came up with this plan, they probably didn't expect the Lakers and the Celtics <laughs> to be uh, intertwined in this, but I actually think that's better for basketball because right. If it wasn't the Lakers, I mean, maybe in the West you, you have Golden State, but they're depleted, you know. But w- what's going to get you to tune in to this, these these playing games? And it's going to be the Lakers and the Celtics playing in them. Well, I I would rather see the Warriors in the pl- in the actual playoffs with Draymond Green and Curry than the Lakers without LeBron. And they, yeah. I mean, they they yeah, are LeBron will be back, don't you think? I He's got a history of playing with slight injuries. I, it sounds different to hear him talk about it. This really? time, it sounds different. I well, you I, know, he is pretty remarkable to have gone through a career. It's sort of like Brady. I mean, Brady had that one terrible injury that cost him a season, but he basically, you know, kept playing and, and avoided injury. And LeBron sort of does the same thing too. I mean, much different kind of athlete, but. Um, so this is is maybe LeBron wearing out finally. No, I, I think he's injured. I mean, you know, but Joe, to your point, I I under I agree with that, but it, but I don't think they make it. The Lakers make it into the real playoff without LeBron, I, even oh, if it's definitely not right. AD. So you know, you might get what you want anyway. But I, I just think having those marquee teams in this little playoff mini win and go in kind of thing, the play in games. I think that's the best thing that the NBA could have asked for. Well, and I think it's a little bit insulting to basketball fans too, to say that, well, if the Lakers get bounced, then no one's going to watch the playoffs. Well, if the Lakers get bounced, then they weren't one of the best, one of the five best teams. They didn't deserve, they weren't going to go that far anyway. They didn't deserve to be there. So I think, I, you know, I I think it's going to, it's going to bear out the way it should, but Davis is good enough to get them into even if they lose to Golden State, they can beat Memphis. Well, Golden State is the, is they're not even in the tenth position right they're now. They're eight. Yeah, yeah, they're eight. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're pretty solid. Oh, in, I thought they eight. were like yeah. a couple games out of it. No, they're and it's funny. Both leagues too have have a, a like in the East. I think it's four through seven is separated by three games. In the West, right. five through seven separated by two games. So right. you've got that those battles, which are really into the play-in game. And then you've also got more teams. You know, you've got twelve teams fighting for ten spots instead of ten teams fighting for eight spots. Which again, I think it it slows down the the tanking and it it makes the the end of the season more exciting. I I hope they keep this going, even though it may have cost them some viewership in the in the early rounds of the playoffs but i think come conference finals the people that are going to watch those games are going to watch whether it's dallas and phoenix or the lakers and the clippers well yeah, and the thing is there's a lot of power in the east right now so you got milwaukee and you've got um uh not the Celtics, but you got the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks are actually the relevant. Yeah, um, the, the champion's not coming from the East. The champ, yeah. the West is so much better top to bottom that the record you can't even compare the records because the the no, the, that's usually the case. But I I what, what about let's see the so the Brooklyn Nets are a West team. They're an East team, aren't they? They're the they're in the East. The the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so they're they're getting the into the finals. They haven't so, had. 
they haven't had you know how many games Durant, Harden, and Kyrie have played? Yeah, Matt, you looked this up too. Seven right. times, so, seven games together they've played. When all there's time. at least two stars, they play eight fifty ball. They're really so, good. But hold so, on. Though. But they're gonna have all three. They're gonna be fine. But other than Kyrie I, might take a few mental breaks. So, <laughs> so here Stephen A said this. That's what made me look it up, Joe. And you're absolutely right. They've played seven times together. And this is bad. I think this could be bad for basketball if the Nets make it to the championship. Because, again, it will continue to de... I I can't think of the word. It it shows how unimportant the regular season is. If you have your three stars only playing seven games together and then making it to the championship... I don't. I. I don't think that's good for basketball. And I. I, I, I don't agree because it's overcoming injuries. But the other thing I would like to say is that this um, two extra playoff teams has made games meaningful. So the Bulls were playing the Celtics last night, and they're they were who I was thinking of. They were three games out of you know being in that. Uh, play-in position. So this game made a, meant a lot to them. There's only like five Here, games left. And they, so how, they were fired up and the Celtics and they, were shorthanded and they, they killed the Celtics. They beat the Celtics by like 30, didn't they? Yeah. Well, here's how you make, here's how you make NBA games meaningful. And honestly, I, I, I we talked about this last week, right? Getting rid of drafts. Um, and oh, yeah. does let me, and I think it would be most beneficial in the NBA if you got rid of the draft, so it, if you win five games, oh, we get the number one pick. Yeah, like that's what some teams want. They tank the regular season. They realize, hey, if I'm not going to, if I'm going to be that seven, eight seed, there's no point. You, you want to lose games. You get rid of the draft and you hold at the end of the season, the, the New Orleans Pelicans, they put out a list of who, what the, the type of players they want, similar to a job like, you know, they, um, I, I need a PE teacher in a school. You, you go on the website, right? You look for job offerings. Each team puts the, the positions that they want, the players that they want, and players apply to that team. If I'm a five-win team, nobody's going to apply to play for me. So you win four the next year. No. no, no. But, so, and that's my point. It will put the pressure on owners – to put on a good product. But that's the thing. Then Zion Williamson never goes to the New Orleans Pelicans and they can never elevate themselves. That's why right. we have to draft. And we, need, we need the draft. We need to. We need it. We, we need, need it. And the, Matt, the one thing that they've do. done is they've kind of really cut down on, t- on the tanking because of, you know, several different things they did. For one thing, they don't, if you have the worst record, you all you're guaranteed is one of the top three picks. You're not guaranteed the number one pick. And that can be a huge difference in some drafts where you only have two stars and you get the number three. But eventually, I I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. But I I do think, look, I mean, if colleges are run that way, any school can still get a five-star recruit. Steph Curry still goes to Davidson, right? And it's the same kind of thing. Steph Curry could have went to Duke. He chose. He went to Davidson. What's your pitch? If you if you have a good product, and for whatever reason, hey, we're a few pieces short. Come be that piece for me. You know that is intriguing to some players. Not every player wants to play on the Nets to play a regular season All Star game. So I think. And then if you are a team that's already built, hey, we've already got our starting point. We've already got our starting front court. We don't need any backup uh, guards. I'm not going to, uh, you know, post that we need a guard. So guards aren't going to go to, uh, you know, the uh, the Blazers or something. You know, I just think you get rid of the draft, hold it like a, a job fair kind of thing. Let the players <laughs> fly, go on interviews, and let the players pick where they want to play. So, I don't know why we have okay. to blow up the entire system to yeah. fix something that's almost right. fixed. Because, Daryl, you're right. With the, 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 you want, the lottery odds, so the teams don't tank as hard. But yeah, I, there's not much tanking going on, Matt. Well, but see, I, the, Matt, the problem is... But, Joe, you want players to quit mid-contract because they want to play for new teams. I'm saying let them pick their team right out of the get-go and honor their contracts. 
Like you want well, you know, okay, but let's let's halfway through. Let's, saying, let's stop this one a second, and then when we get to Aaron Rodgers, we can kind of pick up the. Um, well, that that. The, well, yeah, yeah. I want to say one thing about the Nets, though. The Nets are 43 and 24, and they're 43 and 24 because the rest of the roster has played really well in the absence of their three stars. They've got a good bench. Yeah, and so I think you got to give them credit for being where they are. And, you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't mean any less if they win in the playoffs with or without their, their big three players. But yeah, but I, honestly, I think they can beat a team from the West. But anyway, but. I did want to mention that because um, you mentioned the uh, New New Orleans Pelicans and Will Williamson, the owner of the Pelicans claims that poor refereeing is why uh, Zion broke his left ring finger, and I don't like I I just sort of cruised through the article and I didn't see it was a little to me it seemed a little bit like saying you know, that the last election was fraudulent. It was like, there's no real, there's no real meat there. So anyway, I don't know. Yeah. It came off as a little whiny to me. I didn't think yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, and you, you understand that young players are, he's not going to get the calls that LeBron James gets or Anthony Davis gets it. These guys who've been in the league for 12 years, but he's, he has to sort of, you have to sort of earn that with NBA officials. So he does. He get, is, he is a, he's a transcendent transcendent talent because he's so big and strong and yet he's graceful and he moves and he, so he avoids charging. But then once he gets close to the, to the rim, nobody can stop him. He just physically overpowers. He moves fast. He's, he's a spectacular player. And since they put him at point forward and let him bring the ball down and initiate the offense, um, they've really done well and he's done really well and and that's that's where i think matt to get rid of the draft you really are going to disrupt the 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 ability of of a team that's down to come back like look at the warriors they were nowhere until they drafted thompson thompson and and seth curry and now all of a sudden they're draymond i guess too they're winning champ right and they're winning championships and you can do that they would that would not have been possible no one was going to golden state no one, no college player would have elected to go. And to compare, to compare the way college, college basketball players pick their teams to the way we allocate teams in the pros, you can't. It's it's two entirely different things. Until we start paying those college players two and a half million dollars a year, then then we can talk about. Well, no. uh, and there is there is a breaking story on the NCAA. They're deciding that I think just today that college players are going to be able to cash in this year. So the NCAA is changing its rules. But before we move on to other things, I just want to mention this really interesting story. So there's a small college called Augustine College. um, And uh, and it it, it plays, it has a baseball team. And it, so it's like division two, division three. And two years ago, they won the national championship. Last year, of course, everything got stopped. So they have this pitcher called Hanson, and um, he was born with a deformed left arm. And so his parents just, you know, I think he maybe has one finger, but he doesn't. So they took him to the Shriners Hospital, and he got great care, and he got um, every prosthetic that he needed. It never cost him a penny. And so he became, um, and they pushed him to play sports, and he became a really good pitcher for um for this college and he he was going out to his car the other day and his car had been broken into and so they had taken his backpack the backpack was important because it had the prosthetic plus there's all these accompanying you know connection things that that are you know expensive and hard to make and all that they were all in there so he took that some the thief took it so the guy posted on Facebook, you know, hey, listen, I need this stuff back. And um, and he's not a kid anymore, so he's not – Shriners don't take him anymore. So he has to pay for stuff. So the backpack appeared at the end of his street with right. everything except for the key prosthetic. And right. so – and the thing is, this prosthetic is good only for this guy, Hanson, not for anyone else. So I just – it's a fascinating story. 
So what what's what's the was that the resolution? He's still without his his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. And he may have to buy a new one, which is I think between five and ten thousand dollars. Wow, I'm surprised that's all a prosthetic yeah, arm. Well, I think it's just because it's one part of it. He's got all the other attachment type things, so it's. You know. I've I, so I'm I'm diabetic, so I have to be concerned about eventually losing a foot, losing a leg. So I, I've looked into some of the new prosthetics, and they, I mean, there are such they can do such remarkable things. Like they've got feet that can connect to the nerves in your leg and articulate your feet and your toes like a, like a functional foot. It's really amazing, but these things are, you know, 50, 80, a hundred thousand dollars. It's uh, but it's amazing what they're doing with prosthetics these days. All right. So where are we going now? Let's, well, I, let's do, I, I, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead, Matt. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say we can get into the Aaron Rodgers stuff quick. Well, let's, can we do, cause I don't think that's going to be quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I could tie that into why we shouldn't have drafts still. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I thought we finished that one. No, oh, my God. No, I didn't get my rebuttal. He, he's, tr- he's, trying to, he's trying to ride the dead horse. Save, save us from the dra- no draft argument for a minute. Well, I what just want to talk about – I want to talk about the hockey situation yeah. between the Rangers oh. and the Capitals because this is something that I've never seen. So if, if people don't know what happened, last last Monday the Rangers played the Capitals. Tom Wilson c- committed like a criminal act of barbarism on – During the game. During, during the game, game on two Rangers players, shoved one player's face into the ice, face down, hog, like – tackled another player same thing was just like taking taking shots at players who are in defenseless positions which is really crossing the line in hockey and this is a guy who's been suspended i think five times and he got fined five thousand dollars yeah so he gets so he gets fined five thousand dollars which is apparently the maximum under the cba wasn't suspended so the team's because they're you're only the NHL is only playing in their own division. They've played the Capitals 17 times this season, so they played them again on Wednesday night. And at the start of the game, both teams put their fourth lines out on the ice. And at the drop of the puck, I mean, literally at the drop of the puck, neither center played the puck. The three, all three forwards started fighting. There were three more fights in the first five minutes. Yep including as soon as Wilson came on the ice, Brandon Smith went after him. And uh, the, the, the announcers kept saying through the whole first period, if the league had taken care of this, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. If the league had to, and, if the, and what ended up happening was the Caps said Wilson had an injury, an upper body injury, and didn't bring him out for the second, for the second or third periods. So I think – Maybe at that point they sort of self-imposed the suspension on him because the game really did calm down a lot when he went out of the game and it turned into a hockey game. But it was, I even in Daryl, you in our text thread you called it old-time hockey, and even in the seventies, I never saw anything like that where there was. Well, but I there was lots of fights. It was kind of a little bit like you know demolition derby if you've ever watched that. You know, it's kind of like. You're just waiting for the horrible crash that's going to happen. And so in hockey, there used to be enforcers, just like in basketball, like there was enforcers. And so, but the fight was mostly just one or two people. It would be a a real fight. And people, I always felt like people really wanted it, even though I thought it was terrible for hockey. Well, and what they did, maybe about 10 years ago, they made – coming off the bench or being a third man in and a game misconduct penalty. And that at least eliminated those sort of like big scrums. Now when you see fights in hockey, they're one-on-one, but I think it's stupid. It's so stupid to have two athletes standing there punching each other when it has no bearing on the game other than to take them both out for five minutes. And that's why I really, I would rather watch college hockey or women's hockey because You don't have that. And it doesn't, there's no place for it anymore. And I realize there's always going to be a bunch of old farts like us. Well, you can't change your game. Hockey's fighting's always been a part of hockey. Well, those people are stupid and they shouldn't be allowed the privilege of watching hockey. That's my opinion. Especially because if you get hit hard with a fist, you can get a concussion. You can have your career altered. You know, I don't, 
I, I'm not, I don't watch that much hockey anymore. Um, and I know they, they have done a lot to take a lot of the fighting out of the game. But I think, like, if you really break down a fight, they're not in their boxing, you know? They're, they're kind of holding on to it. And yeah, they're, they're, every once in a while, there's a, a nice little, a punch gets landed. Um, but for the most part, it, it's really tussling and wrestling. And once the, once the players hit the ground, the refs are in there to, to break it up. My, my big issue with what happened in the, the Rangers game, that dude got his head slammed on the ground. Like that, to me, that's By not Wilson. Yeah, yeah that, that's not an act of hockey. Like that's not a hockey act. That's not a natural thing that happens. If, if players get injured because they get hip checked or, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, a, a hockey stick accidentally comes up too high, guy gets clipped in the face, you know, those things happen in the course of a game. This was not this. They were on the ground. He slammed his head onto the it's ice after, after the whistle. Both, yes, both, and, and both so after the whistle, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. There's no reason why he sh- he should have been allowed to play in that game. And if he if he had gotten suspended, you know, maybe there's one fight in that game because it was a back to back kind of. You know, they played the next day. There's one fight. Um, but the NHL allowed that to get out of hand. So, Joe, were you saying that they can't suspend players now? The NHL? No, they could have, and they, then, so, they chose not to. And then, so why? They, uh, so the Rangers came out with a statement on Wednesday before that 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 game and said they called out the NHL player discipline chief by name. And this, that was as unprecedented as what happened on the ice. I've never seen a team do that. Like I've, you know, teams complain about things, but never in a written statement that called out this guy by name. And and I think Wilson got fined 5,000 and the Rangers got fined 50,000. No, 250,000. Yeah. Which ironically is the same amount that the Patriots got fined for um, Videogate. <laughs> but again, again, a really unprecedented thing too for the league to come back and say that this is unacceptable for a team. But uh, James Dolan does a lot of unacceptable things. And so this is the first time I've actually been proud that the owner of my team was this particular belligerent jerk because wow. only this particular belligerent jerk would have, would have done that. And then, then they also, it's probably the first and last time you'll have a, a kind word to say about James Dolan. It his was, reputation is horrible. As it, an as, and he's earned his horrible reputation. It, right. it, was, it was an eventful day because they fired their, uh, their team president and their GM who were two separate, two separate guys on the same day. So it's been a really, um, it's been a really chaotic week to be a Ranger fan. So uh, can we do a little Aaron Rodgers? Oh, please. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, so- first off, like, and, and this is like, I think one of your themes, Matt, has been, you know, pl- uh, play the contract. You have a contract, play it. And Rodgers has pretty much the ideal gig playing for the page, for the Packers. They are a very well-run team historically. Um, he has won a Super Bowl there. He's been in the playoffs a lot. Uh, and he has a good contract. Yeah, you know, so a little background, and, and I don't – we're only got 20 minutes left. Basically, last year, the Green Bay Packers were 13-3 and in the NFC Championship – during the draft in 2020, they traded up to draft Jordan Love in the first round. Many people thought they were one offensive weapon away from, you know, hitting the Super Bowl. And, and I 1,000% agree there. Uh, in round two, the Packers draft their third running back on the depth chart, uh, A.J. Dillon. I don't know why. They have two capable running backs ahead of them, and, and so – Again, it's not about the, a knock on these players, but it's sort of their head scratchers. Like, well, what's your strategy here? What's your game plan? Aaron Rodgers was clearly upset with that. Uh, he didn't appreciate the team trading up to get his replacement without him even being in the conversation. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers was upset about that. He plays this year. Again, they're 13-3. and three. They make it into the NFC Championship. Uh, controversy at the end of the game with the Buccaneers. They have a chance to win. They don't. 
He wins the MVP. He's the he wins MVP the, of the yep, league. He wins. He's the league MVP. And then uh, the night of the draft, the first round this year, the news breaks that Aaron Rodgers is not going to come back and play for the Packers. And as things come out, basically, Aaron Rodgers has said, if the GM, Gutenkest, uh, um, if, if Gutenkest is not there. Fired. He has to be fired. Uh, if he is still part of the team, he is not coming back to play for them. He'll retire if needed. Um, He's not so going to retire. The under Well, the other interesting thing here is the Packers are publicly owned. They don't have a, a single owner uh, that traditionally calls the shots. There's nobody that Aaron can have a meeting with to, to smooth out any issues he has. So now the Packers are in a situation, you've got the league MVP uh, who <laughs> there's no reason to think he's slowing down at least for the next year or two, basically saying, uh, I'm, I'm done playing for you. And now they're there, you know, so there's been a lot of controversy though with this because a lot of people have come out, uh, and, and pretty much slammed Aaron Rodgers, calling him weak, um, kind of calling him a little bit of a crybaby, telling him he needs to get over it. Um, I agree with some of that um, to an extent, but, you know, when it comes to it's, – it's not so much about playing out your contract. With Aaron Rodgers, I don't understand – I don't wonder – like, his, fe- his feelings are hurt. And that's why he doesn't want to play for this team anymore. And I, that, that to me is sort of like, I don't know. It's not because his feelings are hurt. It's because they had a chance to make the offense better and they really needed another receiver or a guard last year. And they took a quarterback when Rogers clearly has a few more good years left in him. And so maybe the Packers are one of those teams that want overlap. But in that case, you tell your franchise player and your most important player what's going on. And there, in that respect, I, you know, I think, you know, the Packers have Mark Murphy. They've got a president of this seven-member organizational board. So they've got someone that he can communicate with if he needs to or his, his GM. But I, the Packers handle this horribly, and I think if we're not going to – I have to disagree with you, too, because – so, like, Aaron Rodgers, he came up – he got drafted behind Favre. He got drafted when Favre was in the middle of his career – and he played three years before Rodgers got in there and got to play. And so this is the same thing they're doing again. They're getting a backup for him, sort of like what the Patriots did with Garoppolo a few many years ago. You know, you if you get a chance to get a good quarterback while your other quarterback's doing well, that's what you do. Is and that's Jordan, the way Rodgers started. He, is, so is, he sat for three years. So this guy Love is going to sit for three years. Well, Rodgers tears it up and wins 13 games every year. Well, this, but this isn't Trevor Lawrence. This is Jordan Love. I don't think you upset your quarterback for Jordan Love. And I'm pretty sure when the Packers drafted Rodgers, they told Favre of their plans. And they also didn't trade up to get him either. So they, they, that was the thing. I think he was most upset that they made this move. And, you know, they made the move not to better the team immediately, but to get his replacement. And in that respect, I think he he does. He's earned the the right to be told that that's what's going to happen. So I I agree with you, Joe. I I do think the Packers handled this poorly. I do think I mean, I I thought that was the worst draft in NFL history because you literally were one. You were one offensive weapon away you know, from imagine if they traded up and, and took Justin uh, um, Jefferson, <laughs> you know, you're one wide receiver away from playing in the Super Bowl to help out Devontae Adams. But I also, I agree with you. Like, again, his feelings were hurt. And to put this ultimatum that like, well, if the GM, if you don't fire him, then I'm gone. If you think about it, yes, the GM didn't draft another wide receiver. But you know what their record was last year? 13 and three. Yeah. You know where they were playing? In the NFC Championship again. So I just, I don't understand. If you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're upset that you aren't given everything to win, 
why would you leave the Packers to go like where, where are you going to go to a team that won seven games last year? You're going to go to the Raiders. Like, are, 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 are you telling me the Raiders roster is better than yours in Green Bay? And you know so that the point. Packers are going to demand like eight picks or, you know, they're going to demand a huge ransom for Rodgers. And so people aren't going to do it. So I I just, I I understand, and I agree, Joe, you're right. The Packers handled that poorly, but I don't understand Aaron Rodgers' play. You're going to go to a team that has less on your roster, and and you're feeling, you, you didn't sit out this past year. You're two years later, your feelings are still hurt. You won the MVP. You have nothing to prove. Well, so, on, so on the one hand, you're going to criticize him for responding petulantly. But on the other hand, you don't give him the credit for, you know, had he performed poorly, would you look at that and say, well, he, he intentionally tanked his season because he was mad. I think you have to look at it that despite the fact that he was un- clearly unhappy with the team, he still performed to an MVP level and took him to the conference championship. So yeah. again, I think I think we're not we tend to fault the player for all these things, but he's he's not doing anything differently from what you and I would do in the same. Okay, state. but so listen. Bottom line is nobody's going to trade for him, and he's going to play for the Packers. He why, why wouldn't you trade for him? Why would I, he, I think I would, teams will trade for him? I would trade my next ten drafts for for Aaron Rodgers right now. Huh. Even I don't think teams are – well, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I think, I think if you're the Packers, you have to trade him because ultimately he could pull a Carson Palmer, he can retire, and then come back. Same thing, Brett Favre did the same thing. That's how he got out of Green Bay. That's how he got out of the Jets. He wanted to play for Minnesota. He retired and then came back to play for Minnesota. Um, you know, Carson Palmer did that to Cincinnati. So if you're the Green Bay Packers, you have to trade him. You just have to get everything you can. You know, if you're the Packers, you might even – I don't know what they do. But, Joe, I, to me, I, I just – I don't understand. He, It's not like – and to your point, it's not Trevor Lawrence. It's Jordan Love. He's not taking Aaron Rodgers' position. Aaron Rodgers does not have to look over his back the point is they needed help in other ways and they, they, they bypass that to draft a player that's not going to play for three years. And yeah. so I, I totally understand why he's upset. The question, I understand the argument as to whether or not he has a right to enforce his displeasure on the rest of the team. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't need football. If you guys watched him, did you guys watch him on Jeopardy? Yeah, Jeopardy. I mean, yeah. he could, if he wants to take a year off, he could host Jeopardy for a year. He could do that for the next well, 30 years if he wants. So I I think that's, that's the curious thing now is that we're used to the athletes needing these jobs more than the franchises need the athletes, but the Packers are not back in the NFC championship. If they don't have, they don't have Aaron Rodgers next year. No, you're right. And I, and I almost wonder if the fact that he's dabbled in jeopardy, makes him fully realize and appreciate I don't need football. And so maybe that's why he's kind of ramping up the the rhetoric or, or his reasoning for not wanting to play. But I have no problem with him being upset. I have no problem with him getting frustrated because you're right. They didn't draft. But what about honoring his contract? But, but my thing is like, I'm not going to play if the GM is there. Like, I don't know that you could be upset and still be like, because if he just continues to like, nobody was defending the Packers draft choice last year. Everybody was like, Aaron Rodgers should be upset. And then I I don't know. It's, this is just a weird one. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is weak, but I just think he's sort of, he, he's letting it, it's too emotional. Like he's letting his emotions. Would would you be less bothered if he was just asking for a trade and wasn't asking for the GM to be fired? If that wasn't an either or situation, he just said, look, you got to trade me. I'm not coming back to this team. I'm not coming to camp. I'll sit out the year if I have to. No, because again, it, it's still, I, where is he going to be traded to? If his motive, if he's upset because he feels his team didn't do what they needed to do to win, if his goal is I need to win more Super Bowls, 
what team, I mean, you're, you're 13 and three, two straight years. So clearly it's not like the GM is putting together a bad roster. If I listen to you guys and your Brady centric way of looking at the league, wherever he goes is going to win the Super Bowl next year because he's this miracle quarterback who's going to well, elevate everyone else on his but team. But I think I watching Brady that. do what Brady did last year, get out of the Patriots, end up in a very good situation. I think that's the model that uh, Rodgers would like to follow. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Would you love to see him with the Patriots, Daryl? Would that be the most terrifying thing, Aaron Rodgers and Bill Belichick? So, but listen, you want to come to the West Coast? I do want to say something about that. I found the NFL draft very interesting, and I think just as a Patriots fan, they got their their first. They got actually four really good players. They got um, Mac Jones, who maybe will turn into a good quarterback, maybe won't, and then they got Christian Barmore, who is was pretty much one of the best linemen available. Um, so they did, they did very well, but so I found the draft very interesting. Well, you can trust Belichick to do, you know, he doesn't do well every year in the draft, but you can trust that organization to improve the team, you know, more years than, than not. So that doesn't right. surprise me at all. Right. Um, I, can I, I oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I want to reopen the, the, the draft thing. Cause I, but if you had another topic <laughs> you want to talk about, go ahead. Well, I just want to talk about this uh, this high school softball game, but let's yeah. let's continue with the draft stuff because that's more interesting than this. Oh, come on! Tell us quickly about the it high school. Into, no, because it overlaps. It's not just a basketball. If if you got rid of, if you are, um, if you didn't have a draft, and you are any team, and and you put out there, so like Joe, your your thought process is if the rich will continue to get richer. And Absolutely. It, right. But so you grew up under Steinbrenner. No, you think but that's so, the way the world works and that's the way it would work. It's, without about, a draft. it's about the good product getting richer. So if you, if you have, if your team, uh, like look at what the Knicks are doing, you know, look at what the giants are doing in football. You hire a good coach to reestablish a culture and you have free agents wanting to come to the giants right now to play for this guy. But you, you have, hate that too. You hate when all the good players go to one team. You can't have it both ways. You can't but, have this free no. market system where it's just going to result in those clustering of the best players. So, but but, it, but it, it, it happens anywhere. I, I would rather have a team built because they're, they're a good organization. They're a, uh, they have a good coach. They have a, a winning culture. And team and, and players, rather than players getting together over the summer at a barbecue or at a, a you know at a pickup game, saying, "Hey, let's all get out of our contracts and let's go make our team together." Like they do that anyway. But this idea yeah, that you're, you would formalize, I, like, I don't like the tanking. I don't like teams. There's no tanking in the NBA anymore. They've taken care of it. There's no, no tanking in baseball, and there's very little know. tanking in football. Matt, Matt who's, wants who's this, in football. Matt envisions this fantasy world where sports franchises are run by altruistic, intelligent human beings. They're not. It's been yeah, no. over and over that the rarity is a well-run sports organization. And when that happens, that's when you get the Patriots that win multiple Super Bowls. Or, or the, or the no, Portland but it, basketball but we had this team. They're run by screen, like, brilliant people. We want to we support Deshaun Watson. Well, maybe not now. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Let's take a different one there. Yeah, right. But we, we want to support the player who is on an or, uh, is playing for a team and the team doesn't do what they do to support them, right? It's okay mm -hmm. for James Harden to want to leave the Rockets because the Rockets don't do enough for James Harden. The Rockets don't do enough to support him. Okay, like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm coming back to that side a little bit. So if you, if you're help, we, we talked about this, we have to hold the ownership accountable, right? We want to hold the ownership accountable. So these players don't want to leave just because they want to play for a super team. All right. Hold ownership accountable. Come play for my team. There's no more draft. There's no more forcing um, uh, Devonta Smith to play for the Philadelphia Eagles. There's no more forcing Zach Wilson to go play and ruin his career for the Jets. Like every <laughs> back who goes there. If you're the Jets, 
have a good organization. But the Jets, oh, like the Jets oh, are a good example, man. Develop players. So when you need a quarterback, you can sit there and, and you can say, hey, draft week, we need a quarterback. If you're a quarterback and you want to come play for our team, come have an interview. Now, ultimately, it, just same thing as like a, a job, a hire. I have to hire you, but it shouldn't be like, hey, come, I'm forcing you to come play for this bad team so that in two years, when you outplay our organization, you get to walk. This all it sounds it sounds sounds great in theory, but if we actually put this into practice, it would really really damage the ability of a team like Phoenix to elevate themselves or like Minnesota. Not if, play for Minnesota. Not, I don't, see, I don't think play it for would, LA. So why would um? All right. So why no no. Would, but Joe, now, you are, you're coming out of college, Joe, and you are a you know you're you're the number one overall pick, right? You, you now, think you're, now you're really in a fantasy world, but continue. <laughs> right. Okay, so Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence gets the sign for whoever he wants to. You're the number to. one pick. You're you're an, the alpha dog athlete. You're gonna want to go to the reigning champs to sit behind uh, Anthony Davis to be eight on the bench. No, like that's you're you're automatically thinking the good players are only going to want to go to the good teams. And no, I'm saying if I'm, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I might go to San Francisco, though, who's got a solid team, just needs a quarterback. You find a situation yeah. with a team that's that's not in the in the dumps, but needs you. So I think I yeah. again, I, this yeah. you, and, 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 that, and so what that doesn't that put pressure on the Jacksonville Jaguars to realize no. We're no. running our organization in the dumps. No, because no. they're still going to make money. They're just going to be zero and sixteen every year. That's right. the, that's and, the and thing. That's what they are, but but Joe, they're that anyway. But they're trying. They're making an effort, and they they've got now they've got a chance. If okay, Trevor then. Lawrence, if Trevor Lawrence is as good as everyone says he is, they they'll be decent next year. They'll win seven or eight games. Yeah, you know, so the rest but, of the roster's pretty so terrible. If they're trying. I see. I believe. I guess I believe if you're trying. Uh, then as an athlete, as a, a Trevor Lawrence, I'm, you're, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to go to the Packers given a choice because he's not going to want to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to want to go to um, uh, the Chiefs to sit behind Patrick Mahomes. So if I see an organization like the Jacksonville Jaguars who are trying, maybe I do want to go there. There's also, I mean, and again, it's not like, you had five top quarterback prospects. They're not all going to sign to the same team if you got one. Right. So, Matt, listen, we only got two minutes left. So let's let's pull this one to a shut. And the thing is, I can say very clearly that Joe and I totally disagree with you because and Zion <laughs> Williamson going to the New Orleans Pelicans is a perfect example of why the gr- the draft really helps equity. You know what your right. argument talk is me, kind of like years when he your argument Davis did. your argument is kind of like the fact that during the pandemic the top 1% of the population grew tremendously in wealth you would have a couple teams mm-hmm. that would just dominate forever and, and that's so the where- draft helps out and this is and this is where you give the teams a chance to prove themselves. The the Pelicans drafted Williamson. Now they've got three years on his rookie contract to demonstrate to him that they can do the things that can surround him with players that can bring him to a championship. If they, he doesn't do that in three years, then he can leave. That's why. That's why. Again, I think I'm okay with that initial rookie contract period of but, of two or three years. Yeah. No, and I, we've only got a minute left. I agree with that. What I'm saying is. They've got time to prove it. Sure. How'd that work out for Anthony Davis? And now he's in a position where he's like, (laughs) what are you throwing things at the computer for? Uh, A little technological problem. Uh Oh, let's finish the show. And then, uh, well, I think hey, Matt, you might have broken the radio world with that with your breaks in logic here because you can't have, you can't hate it when players want to move on their own. And no, then, I'm trying not and then, to. I'm I'm trying to come back to. So I'm, what I'm saying is, if the team isn't proving that they're going to build a team, you shouldn't be forcing the players to go there out of college. Let them prove it to you, and then I'm I'm going to pick there. Is what I'm saying right. because I agree it's up to the team to prove it. That's why Zion Williams is not going to stay in New Orleans. He's going to leave like Anthony Davis did. 
Matt, we could, th- our whole entire show could just be how you're wrong about abolishing the draft. We could just make that. Right. I, I guess I do, is it, I don't think it'll ever happen. And I understand. I'm just, if you got rid of the draft, you would be forcing teams to prove it before those star players are on your team. And I, I don't think you'd be building super teams through the, the drafts because if I'm, if I'm the alpha male, <clears throat> I'm, excuse me, I'm not going to go play for the, for the Nets. I'm not going to want to go to the Nets and not ever play. I'm going to want to play. So maybe I, 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 I would go to a lesser team that I believed had a solid organization. I think the ego of a 20 year old basketball player is going to tell him that he can, that he can make the lineup, you know, with the Nets. And if that's where he wants to go again, I think you're going to end up with, like Daryl said, the 1% getting richer and the, the, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Jets of the world's suffering. And yeah, you're right. It's not ever going to happen. And I think the reason too, we can't equate it to college is there's so many colleges and so many college athletes that if everyone wanted to go to Kentucky, there just wouldn't be enough roster spots. And, you know, the same thing does apply to the NBA, but it takes a lot longer to get there than it does, you know, with, with hundreds of college teams. But all right. Well, uh, thanks for all listening. Right, have, a good, uh, have a good week. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers doesn't retire this week. We'll have something to talk about. <laughs> I'd be psyched to see him do, do the Jeopardy thing. He's by far the best of all the guest hosts. Bill Whitaker's on this week and he's just dull. Yeah. And I love Bill Whitaker, but um, he doesn't, it's not good as a Jeopardy host. Anyway, um, all right. See ya. Have a good one.